this film has been modified from its original version. It has been formatted to fit this screen. Welcome to Syndicated Cinephiles. Hello and welcome to Syndicated Cinephiles, the show where we talk about movies you've seen a million times because they were on TV when you were a kid. I am your host, Madeline Cook. And my guest today is Jacqueline Janowski. Hello, Jacqueline. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what movie did you bring in today? I brought in the classic Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> Most iconic score of all time, I feel like. I mean, truthfully. And then yeah. when he's like excited, he's like, the wheels are turning. That might be because is that John Williams? Is it a John? Yeah, it's a John Williams score because it's a Spielberg movie. Um, yeah, so Catch Me If You Can, what is this? 2002, directed by Steven Spielberg. But yeah, John Williams does the score, and it might be my favorite John Williams score. It's so memorable. I mean, it really is. It just, it it, it works for it, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, I think that that's just like, just in general with the whole vibe of the movie. It's just likable. It's just easily likable. Yeah, yeah. You do you want to Do you want to give like a very brief synopsis of the film for a- any loser out there who hasn't seen this? <laughs> <laughs> yes for any loser who hasn't seen um so the story follows frank abagnale jr played by the leonardo dicaprio and he is well he's actually a teenager um when he runs away from home um his parents get divorced and he starts creating fraud checks he starts creating different identities and ends up imitating a a pilot, a Pan Am pilot, a doctor, a lawyer, makes up the whole shebang that he went to, you know, Harvard Medical School and Berkeley Law and yada yada. And meanwhile, you've got the great Tom Hanks Mm -hmm. playing um, Carl Hanratty, the FBI agent who was trying to catch him. And mm-hmm. Leonardo's like, catch me if you can, buddy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the best line of the film. He looks at him square in the face and says, uh, catch me if you can, buddy. Because I'll tell you what. I ran track in high school. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking fast. I'm pretty fucking fast. And I got good shoes on. <laughs> That's my favorite scene of the film. Uh, but the best part about it is that it's based on a true story which every time i watch this i'm like that is some crazy that's some crazy shit that this really happened you know yeah and not to not to burst anybody's bubble with this movie but i think it was a couple years ago they kind of determined that frank abagnale's greatest scheme of all was making up most of this story (laughs) that he in fact did not do almost all of the stuff in the movie Well, you know, I mean, I got like, to hand cares? it to him because he fooled it's us so again. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about it is like, you know, I think this was like 2017 or 2018 that people actually started looking into the claims because it's based off of a biography that somebody wrote about him that he contributed to. And then the movie is based off of that. And I think in both instances, both the author of the biography and 
Steven Spielberg with the movie said that they changed a lot of stuff or were kind of liberal with the facts because they wanted to make a good story. So they like copped to that right off the bat. Mm. Um, But in fact, I think the stories that they were pulling from, like the fact that he posed as a pilot as often as he did or posed as a doctor at all or like worked in the emergency room ever, even that's like he probably didn't do that. <laughs> Here's what I got to know. Was he actually ever on um, To Tell the Truth, how they f- start the movie off? I don't know. I don't know. That, that is be, the question. That is curious. I mean, because I could really see that being. I th- And I think he's, I think the actual guy, Frank, is in that scene. I think he's one of the two. I feel like I remember seeing that. That, that, that he's, he has a cameo in the movie somewhere. Yeah, that he's like one of the two pilots next to Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't know. Maybe he's, he was definitely older when this movie came out. Like, I think he's the same age as Spielberg, around the oh, same age. So then, then never I mind. Don't, yeah, but he might have a cameo in the movie. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, this this is a wonderful pick. And uh, can you uh, paint you. a picture for us of, like, when you first saw this movie, what channel it was on? Well, let's see. I seriously really do think that the first time I saw this movie was on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, my dad said, oh, well, let's just all watch this now because this is a great movie. Um, but I think it was on TBS. And mm. I remember being young and seeing it was always either on TBS or TNT. <laughs> and I remember specifically TBS would have commercials for it where he the scene where he's like going through the bank tellers and then he sees Elizabeth Banks mm-hmm. and he's like, I'd like to cash this check and take you out for a steak dinner. Whatever. They'd always like show that scene. And I was like, ooh, what movie is this? <laughs> How elegant. How elegant. <laughs> But yeah, I remember I remember kind of being drawn to like, oh, you know, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 when I watched it for the first time about mm-hmm. that age. And I remember kind of being like, oh, yeah, well, it seems interesting. Like, oh, Leonardo, like on being honest, Leonardo DiCaprio is so cute. Like, yeah, he is cute in this movie. He is. I mean, and really just like a great performance. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like one of his best. Yeah. Like, you know. I totally agree. But anyway, I remember like being like, well, sure. And then and then watching it and being like, oh, this is like a really great movie. It's entertaining. It's just like interesting. Um, you know, it it keeps your attention. It's kind of got something for everybody. It's got yeah. some laughs. It's got some drama. And I think that that's what makes it like a great TV, like TV movie that they always have on because it's just easy to watch, you know. Yeah. And I do think that any part of it is you could kind of just be like, oh, yeah. Like, even if you're halfway through, be like, turn it on and say, oh, this is just a good movie. Oh, I love this part. Because I've done that yeah. before many times watching this movie. So Yeah, this is definitely a good TV movie because there's like no fat and every scene is so memorable and interesting, whether it's because it's like a funny, relaxed, chill scene or it's like a very tense scene where he's about to get caught. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you really can pick this up like anywhere in the movie and watch it and still enjoy it. Yeah. And like, it's just a good I think, too, that when I, the first time I watched it, you know, I didn't really like understand about all the bank stuff. And frankly, even now watching it, I'm like, well, of, of course, I have a better grasp on it now. It's at 26. <laughs> but I don't know about bank fraud. <laughs> of what routing numbers are. <laughs> 
What's a check? Yeah. Just kidding. I knew what a check was at 10 years old. That I'd really be stupid if I didn't know that. Would you you consider this, like, does your whole family like this movie then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. This is like one of those, I think I might have mentioned this to you before, but whenever it's on TV, my dad will log in the room and be like, oh, yeah, it's a good movie. And then, like, sit down for a second and then, like, be like, oh, I got to do stuff. And then come back, like, another five minutes later and be like, oh, yeah, this part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The phenomenon of the father stopping and standing, like, five feet in front of the TV, like, transfixed. Yeah. Because he can't, he, like, walks into the room and then can't keep going because he got sucked into the movie. That This is totally that movie. This is. My dad does it all the time. And then my mom's <laughs> like, Jake, where are you? <laughs> Either sit down or leave the room. Don't just stand in front of the TV. <laughs> exactly. But no, my whole family likes it. Um, yeah, it's just, like, funny. And then and Joey, my brother, for those who don't know. Um, <laughs> which is for those who aren't familiar with the with the Janowski family lore, Joey is indeed Jacqueline's older brother. Continue. <laughs> He'll just like all the time around the house be like two little mice falling a bucket of cream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I out of I, nowhere, no context. <laughs> I I hate to jump to this, but like upon rewatch. That was the biggest thing I noticed about this movie was just how quotable it was. I didn't really realize that until I was watching it and almost every scene had a quote from it that, I mean, two mice is something that me and my high school friends would say to each other in the halls. Someone would come up to you and touch you on the shoulder and just quietly go, two mice fell into a bucket of cream. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, it's so, it's so quotable. Um. Do you concur? Do you? Yep. My mom always says, do you concur? (laughs) That's her favorite quote. Um, You're not a Lutheran. I was, that's in my, in my notes of of one of my favorite parts. And I forgot about that. And then when I was rewatching it, I was like, that is just one of the funniest parts of this movie. Frank, you're not really a Lutheran. (laughs) (laughs) For those who haven't seen the film, Leo falls in love with the beautiful Amy Adams and has lied to her about being a doctor and being a lawyer. And he's saying, I'm not this. I'm not that. I've committed check fraud, blah, blah, blah. I'm not Lutheran. And all she hears is that he's not Lutheran. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly so great in this movie. She is. She is so wonderful in this movie. And this had to be like maybe one of her earlier things. You know, I don't know. Definitely. Her first movie was uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, if you've ever seen that movie or heard of that movie. I have heard, but you know, you've been telling me to watch it for years, and I haven't. <laughs> tis, tis. Yeah, for those who love Christopher Guest, it's a very Christopher Guest-esque movie, mockumentary, that Amy Adams is in. That is like her film debut, and she does a great job. But I'm on her... Uh, wiki right now and it looks like in between those two things she really didn't have anything going on drop dead gorgeous and catch me if you can so this was not drop dead gorgeous was more of like an indie movie compared to this i feel like this was her first big huge movie that like Mm. she was definitively like a supporting in a dramatic role and people finally started to like know who she was yeah she does great it's she's so cute like she's so young she is she is 
Yeah, I feel like sometimes I feel I see people not so much anymore, but in the early days of Amy Adams's stardom, kind of saying that she wasn't like interesting enough or that she played the same characters all the time or that she was like too delicate or whatever. And I'm like, but she's like the most effortlessly believable person in almost everything I've seen her in. Really, though, I agree with that. Yeah, she's just she's got a she's got a quality about her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, totally. So we both did a rewatch of this movie. Uh, Before Mm -hmm. this rewatch, when was the last time you had seen this movie? You know, not for quite a while. I mean, I'd maybe seen, you know, bits of it on TV, like Mm -hmm. more like recently in the last, you know, couple years. But I feel like Mm -hmm. the last time I actually sat down and watched it, like start to finish, was maybe in college. So I think you and I have the exact same time that we tried to watch it yes <laughs> and then yeah. some 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 college drama got in the way of of watching it but i think you and i <laughs> have the exact same previous time that we wa- tried to watch this movie and yes then, exactly that's as much as we'll say on that topic um but that is that's hilarious that we both had the same previous viewing together and now- that is so i was due for a rewatch so i was yeah. like yeah yeah, completely. Where in your top 100, if at all, it, does this movie sit? Oh, like, I mean, for sure in my top 20, at least. Really? I mean, I think so. Yeah. It's just like one of those that I grew up like watching and have fond memories of. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, if you're, here's the thing about this movie. If you're looking for a movie that you're like, what would, you know, somebody who likes movies or even isn't like a huge movie fanatic, like, what would they like? Like, it's just, it, it's a good one to put on because everybody yeah. likes it. And there's yeah. a reason. It's it's heartfelt. It's entertaining. It's got great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spielberg. That guy yeah. really knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. You can say that again. <laughs> I think you're spot on because, like, it's one of those rare movies that everybody, it's kind of simple in its, like, framing and stuff. Like, it's just telling a story. It's not doing anything super experimental. Everybody loves it. I don't think I've ever met anybody who, like, disliked this movie. And it is rare to find, I guess, like, period piece dramas like that like this is not a genre film this is not like a horror movie or like a fantasy this isn't your jurassic park or whatever or this isn't like star wars or something but it's almost and it's not a franchise but it's almost on the same level of all those movies in terms of just everyone has seen it and likes it Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot (laughs) no definitely like Mm -hmm. it feels like a a family film and there's nothing really to like uh, you know there's maybe like one like sex ish scene yeah or two but like there's really not anything raunchy in it like it's not like the subject matter is like not really appropriate for kids Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of it's a family it's a family movie yeah it's like very accessible (laughs) definitely if you had to guess how many times you've seen this movie what would you guess i mean i was thinking about it is that including, like, just bits that I've seen of it, like, on TV? Sure. I mean, like, for sure over 10 times. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, 12 or 13. I don't mm-hmm. know. That sounds about right. That's not a, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a, that's a guess. But I'm 
I think I'm firmly in the 20s or 30s with this one because it's also, it's like my mom, I don't know that she has like a favorite movie, but this is definitely her like top three movies of all time. She loves this movie. Love that. So this is definitely a, this was a TV movie for my entire family. I, I don't nice. remember the first time I saw it, if it was on TV or we like actually sat down and rented it or watched it or something, but it is definitely one that anytime it's on, does not matter what the vibe is. It's it's time to watch Catch Me If You Can. Yep. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe it's, for all I know, mine might be like 20 also. <laughs> Your number's not going to be mine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have no idea. I'm bad at keeping track. That's like somebody could ask me a movie that I've watched like, my whole childhood growing up and I'd be like good I don't know five or six times yeah like no we watch that every week you idiot yeah yeah for real (laughs) it all just kind of blends together after a while of how many times you've seen things Mm -hmm. and you're just absent-mindedly having something on in the background too yes well that's in this this movie is kind of one of those not because you're not like paying attention to it but just because it's it's easy to have on. I have like a very distinct memory of one time watching this when I was visiting my cousins and what were, we were like doing some kind of arts and crafts or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> that sounds like the perfect ah. afternoon. Uh, I think we were like making bracelets or something. I don't remember, <laughs> but we had this movie on in the background. We were like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm I'm so curious. So this is a Spielberg movie. I'm gonna pull up his filmography right now, but would you say this is your favorite Spielberg? Or like what do you have a favorite Spielberg movie? I love Jaws. Jaws yeah. is maybe my favorite Spielberg. But this is this is like right up there. And those are so this movie and Jaws are like so different. Yeah. It might be Jaws just because it's so like iconic and mm-hmm. I feel like I watched that movie like every summer like I just watched it a couple weeks ago and was mm-hmm. like and also like Jaws I was saying this to my brother last time I was watching it but I feel like both the characters of um both Richard Dreyfuss character and Quinn Quinn or Quint Robert Shaw yeah both remind me of two of my different uncles in ways <laughs> <laughs> One of, oh one of my, my uncles, like, always used to, uh, we used to always tell him he reminded us of Richard Dreyfuss. And when he was young, he looked like him, like he had the similar glasses. And uh-huh. and then one of my other uncles is just kind of <laughs> gives off the vibes of the other one, too. And it's just kind of funny when I watch it. And we, we and Joey were commenting last time. We were like, yep, yep, that's about right. So I feel like maybe that's, <laughs> that's one of the other reasons I love that movie, too. <laughs> You got say hands, Mr. Hobb. I hope you've been counting money all life. <laughs> that was so good. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> Except I always want to say, his name's uh, Hooper in that movie, right? I think Richard? so. Hooper, yeah. Quint, okay. and then Brody, Chief Brody, I think is Roy Scheider. That sounds about right. Sometimes yeah. I, I literally watched characters. this a week ago. Like, we, we watched it on the 4th. Uh, to for something to do and yeah it's so good um it really is yeah um my 
hometown, actually, there was a guy who was a survivor of the Indianapolis who, like, lived in my hometown. And I think he, yeah, he died. Yeah, I think he died when I was in middle or high school or something. I never met him, but I want to say he went to our church. And my dad would always talk about, like, literally anytime Jaws came up, he'd be like, yeah, Mr. What's-his-name? I don't even remember his name, but it was wild to just know that, like, holy shit, this guy that's, like, a part of my community went through one of the scariest fucking things to ever Mm -hmm. happen. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's, like, one of the best parts of the movie, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Giving that story. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. That that's how it ends. Oof. Yeah, yeah, I love. Oh, it. and then and right before it too, they're talking about like how they got their scars, and Richard Dreyfus is like, <laughs> I can't even remember what, like Mitzi von Moffat or something. He says, or what's the? Girl's He's like thing? Marianne. Ma- maybe it's Marianne Moffat or something. Marianne She's Moffat. That's seventh it. grade. She broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best. And then he's like, I've got a story for you. (laughs) You know, this brings up a great opportunity, which is I would love to see a one woman show version of Jaws where you play all three parts. (laughs) Where I do? Yeah, I think you'd be great. Well, thank you. You know, I'll keep that on the radar. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you'd kill it. You You know what? Thank you. That is... That does seem fun if, um, mm. you know, if my career doesn't work out for me, that is, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. burner, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Last note on Jaws, I, yeah. I would love to go as Richard Dreyfus from Jaws for Halloween. I think that would just be a cool costume. You should. And that would be like a relatively easy costume. Like, it really would what, be. He wears, like, he wears like Converse and jeans. I know. And like a denim jacket. And like a hat. I almost feel like people might be like, who are you? <laughs> but I'm like, watch Jaws, you idiot. <laughs> um, dumbass. I feel like if you, that would be the perfect uh, like threesome like costume. If you could get somebody to be Brody and Quint with oh, you. Oh yeah, that would be that'd, great. That'd be really good. I was just going to say that I do feel like asking people, when I was watching Jaws, uh, with my friends on the fourth, it got brought up like, "What's everybody's favorite Spielberg?" And it feels like that question really like paints a picture of what you like. Because honestly, Catch Me If You Can, I think, is my favorite. Because I'm, I love Jaws, but I'm not big on like um, adventure stuff, which is most of his stuff. So Catch Me sure. If You Can is like firmly in my wheelhouse. It's mm-hmm. my mom's favorite too. <laughs> and then guess what my dad's favorite is? Mm. Oh boy, uh... what's the lamest one to like? Goonies? Is that it? <laughs> Wait, is that even Steven Spielberg? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Why did I think it was? No, he might have produced it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your dad he does not, not seem like the Goonies type. Direct the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, based on a story by Steven Spielberg. It's directed oh. by Richard Donner. Okay. Well, he was somehow attached to it. Um, I don't know because. Now I'm thinking about it, he's not, your dad's not like an Indiana Jones type guy. I don't feel like Saving Private Ryan would be his favorite. No, this is a categorically boring film. What is it? Lincoln. (gasps) Never seen it. (laughs) I saw it in theaters because my dad wanted to see it. That was in 2012 and he 
dragged the whole family to see it. God bless him. I should probably do a rewatch of it, but I, it's one of the few movies that I kind of drifted off during while I was in a movie theater. I've, that's like never happened to me before. <laughs> um, that's happened to me a couple times. What have you fallen asleep during? Well, it's like, okay, I feel bad because this really is a good movie. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, well, I got two stories. When I was in high school, we went to go see Interstellar. <laughs> but like we I we all didn't realize it was like three hours long and we went at like 1030 to a show. Oh. And I was like, I'm tired. And I like really had a hard time staying asleep and it's like that's a hard one to fall asleep too because it's a christopher nolan and it's like like, (laughs) the music is always like real the score is always really intense but i was like sorry but i do remember like staying awake for the important parts and liking Mm -hmm. the ending um and then i have another memory of sneaking into the movie labor day um with kate winslet yeah (laughs) and josh brolin and i couldn't even tell you what that movie's about like apologies to that movie but first off i didn't pay for the ticket and then i was like tired we had gone to another movie and then we went into that one after and i kept falling asleep and then i kept waking up and like he was feeding her chili and that's all i remember about the movie and i was like What's going on? <laughs> Get me out of here. If I recall correctly, he's like an escaped convict or something. Oh, and yeah. he ends up like, go- I have not seen the movie, but I remember seeing the trailer and I remember being a-, a big deal. But yeah, he's like an escaped convict. And then he's helping her. She like hires him as a handyman or whatever. And they kind of fall in love. And then he is going to get caught or something. So he like ties her up so that she's not an accomplice to make it look like he took advantage of her or whatever. And while she's tied up, he's like feeding her chili or something. <laughs> you I've seen the tied up I chili scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, ah. and it's supposed to be hot. Cause he's like, wow, he's so gentle, even though he's so strong. Well, I was just like, mm, time to go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh they're eating chili Sorry. Oh, yeah. good night yeah, not my favorite food <laughs> <laughs> oh that is, that's hilarious and also brings up like high schoolers going to see movies as friend groups and it's like why are you doing this this is not like a party movie for friends to go see like why why did we decide to go see like a pretty adult low-key film together like this is actually kind of boring <laughs> Yeah, I was like just thinking about this the other day because I've had some funny interactions at the theater like that. Like, I remember one time in middle school, like hanging out with my best friend at the time and we had been like swimming all day and I was like, I really want to go see a movie. And I think it was like really just out of a like, it's what the cool kids do at night, like kind of thing, Mm -hmm. even though there was really no like specific movie i like really wanted to see for like somebody who's you know like 13 and Mm -hmm. i remember being like let's go and i like dragged my friend to see julie and julia (laughs) (laughs) and you're both 13 (laughs) oh my god yep and then i think i've told you too about the the story with lovely bones where 
I kept on trying to see Leap Year with a friend of mine, and it didn't work out the first time. And then we had to see Princess and the Frog, which, great, loved it. Mm-hmm. But then, then like, the next week, we were going to go see Leap Year, and we saw a bunch of people there. They were going to see the Lovely Bones, and my friend was like, let's go see that instead. And I was like, I don't th- I don't know. It looks scary. <laughs> Again, I'm about 13. Yeah, and- valid. It's scary if you're a kid. And there were, and then we ended up going. And I kid you not, there was at least probably a group of 15 of us who were, who went to go see the Lovely Bell. And it's like a group of 15, <laughs> 13 year olds. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. A and movie was- that like. For a minute, is like kind of sordid and fun if you're a teen, which is like, ooh, girl gets murdered. Like, that's so juicy. And then the rest of it is her, like, transitioning into heaven and, like, the afterlife. I was scared by the by all of it. None of it was fun for me. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, this is terrifying. Yeah, I want to leave. And my mom mm-hmm. was mad at me because number one because she like didn't want me to go see that because i was a fearful person fearful Mm -hmm. child but also because i didn't tell her we were switching movies and so she came to the theater to pick us up and she waited for like a long time after and was like (laughs) it's a whole thing cost me trouble i've still never even seen the movie leap year never (laughs) never saw it (laughs) leap year that is such a specific and if i recall correctly that like did not get good reviews either you know maybe i i leap year is a 2010 romantic comedy starring amy adams and matthew good the film follows a real estate worker who heads to ireland to meet her boyfriend on leap day when tradition holds that women may propose marriage to men on that day oh so it's like a rom-com all right gotcha well never saw it maybe maybe i'm better off but <laughs> it has a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Not Amy's best, it seems. <laughs> Look, Amy was about to do The Muppets the very next year. So she's fine. She's fine. She yeah, said, she's actually fine. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. made great projects. <laughs> Full circle. Back to Amy Adams. Yes, back to Amy Adams. Um, in this movie, is there, in Catch Me If You Can, is there a part of it? that you always seem to like see a million times that like every time you click on the movie, you're like, this is the part I've seen a hundred times. Yes. I feel like I've seen the part with Jennifer Gardner a hundred times. Oh yeah. 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 For those who haven't seen the film, Jennifer Gardner plays a call girl or like a prostitute that like spends the night with Leo. And it's kind of a short cameo scene. And he, kind of scams her by giving her a check and then she gives him money in return but you know it's a fake check so i think she still gets money out of the deal but it's definitely like ooh, he's high rolling now but yeah jennifer garner underscored by the look of love yep classic yeah dusty springfield yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh i like i i I forgot having seen this movie so often and not having seen it for honestly a good five years. Like it was so nice to see it again. It seemed it seemed like there was a 10 year period of my life where I had seen it twice a year or at least chunks of it twice a year. Mm. And then not having seen it for five years and then coming back to it, watching it this morning, like scenes would happen that I forgot about. And I would literally like 
cheer to myself i'd be like oh shit it's this scene oh my god i forgot about this so i'd be like yeah needle drop to look of love and i'd be like oh my god yeah Here and it's it the shot of the feet and she turns her shoe towards him yeah and it's like <laughs> and and like what a like fun little cameo yeah, yeah. like yeah good little cameo parts in this movie for actors yeah. yeah but no that scene i always turn on and i feel like just like him becoming a doctor like in his like budding romance with amy adams i feel like those are the two parts that i always somehow turn to yeah i feel like weirdly i've seen the weird little transitional scene where he's throwing that party in his atlanta apartment <laughs> yes yelling at everybody yeah. for fucking up his apartment and spilling <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and and the oh god there's so many little cameo people who are not famous people but will live in my brain forever because of the way that they deliver their lines and the girl who runs in at the end giggling drunk and says so and so fell into the conversation pit yes <laughs> and then like falls to the floor <laughs> yep totally yep. no yep. that's the scene that's a, also a part that i feel like i would always and that would be the scene either right before commercial or like the start of a new segment yes yes completely or him being like i'm a doctor and then yeah you guys hiring at this hospital yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like kind of on the same vein of the the scenes where he's a doctor Okay, one thing that I'd never noticed watching this before, but I was like, he is ballsy. I mean, we all mm-hmm. we all knew it, but there's the scene where Amy Adams comes into the office to show him that she just got her braces off, and he's on his typewriter, and like, of course, like, you think he's like probably working on something, but he just has it so out in the open, like a huge stack of checks that he's just like, <laughs> when she comes in, that he like... <laughs> You know, like, lines up on the table, like, without mm-hmm. her seat. And I'm like, I remember I, like, rewound this past time that I watched it. And I was like, is that a whole stack of checks that <laughs> he's just got there? That he's typing out on his typewriter? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, and again, the, the veracity of these claims has since been disputed. But, and I, I feel like this was not the tilt to the movie at all. But watching it, if any of this is true... It's like all of his successes not only can be claimed by him just, you know, wearing the right outfit and being confident, which is like his whole thing, but also he's like an above average looking white man that can like kind of get away with anything. Like people just inherently trust him because Mm -hmm. he looks like boy next door, kind of. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like the crazy thing about watching this, and again, like you said, you know, some of it is a little dramatized for the movie but at least in terms of the movie even you're thinking about it and you're like damn he's like 16 17 when he's doing this you know what i mean it's crazy when i was 17 like i was a little idiot (laughs) (laughs) i was going to see dumb movies with my friends that teenagers have no business seeing same yeah um it's so funny because there's the current like Twitter discourse or like Twitter meme that's happening a lot now is people getting up in arms about the whole Oppenheimer thing mm-hmm. where Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh, their characters like have an affair in the movie, which I guess is a real oh. thing that happened in real life. And that's like a 20, 25 year age gap or whatever. Sure. 
and people on Twitter, some people who I'm like, are you a real person, are getting mad about it and being like, ugh, disappointing Hollywood. Like, I don't need to see yet another age gap, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but this movie's not saying that was a good thing. And also yeah. this was a real thing that happened. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so there's been a ton of Twitter memes being like, you know, blah, 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 age gap, SMH Hollywood. And as I was watching this, I was like, all these women fucking a 16, 17 year old boy do better. Hollywood do better. (laughs) This is so fucked. I can't believe you're allowing this. (laughs) I can't believe you. (laughs) That's so sick that you would show that on screen. I think it's just despicable. That kind of age gap. Gross. Gross. (laughs) I mean, I think, and that's what's like, I feel like that's why, like, when he connects with Amy Adams, it really is, like, sad that they don't work out. Because they were, like, they were good for each other. And, you know, just a sweet couple. And they're, like, the same age. You know, that's what's, like, or I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe she's even older I think she's early 20s because she was, like, kicked out of the house Her character is revealed to have had an abortion in the past and her parents kicked her out and she was working as a candy striper at the hospital. So I'm guessing she's, I mean, she's not a minor, definitely. I think she's maybe like early 20s. Um, And he lied and said that he was 28 to her when really he was 17 and a half. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's definitely like, you know, a, a doable, especially for a movie, a film set in the 50s and 60s, like a doable age gap that doesn't feel gross. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the scenes with her parents, too, are really cute. When I was younger, for some reason, I didn't really like those scenes. I don't know why. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I guess I didn't like dislike them, but I was always kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. Like the scene where they're watching um, the sing along. Yeah, and they're <laughs> and they're singing the Kelly song. I always used to be like, this is this is like awkward. And then I was mm-hmm. watching it, and I was like, oh, that's sweet. And and when they're yeah. like doing dishes together, Martin Sheen and I don't know the actress's name who plays the wife, but I've seen her in a million things. Yeah, um, her name is Nancy Lenahan. Nancy Lenahan. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that seems really cute. I'm like, oh, heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's also uh, the cool thing about having seen this movie the first time when you're like, you know, 10 or like really young, you get the basics. And then also you've seen it a million times, but you're not 100% paying attention. And I didn't clock until this viewing that at the beginning, Frank's parents, Christopher Walken and... Natalie Bay, I guess is her name, um, his French mother. They, at the beginning, when they're still happy and not divorced, they're dancing to Judy Garland singing Embraceable You. Mm. And then later in the film, Amy Adams' parents are like doing dishes to the same song and swaying together, like the exact same cover. I didn't even pull it, put that together. Yeah, I didn't notice it until Dang. this viewing. And I was like, wow, okay. And that's like... It's so funny because Spielberg gets criticized, I feel like, for being too heavy handed with emotionality and stuff like that of like hitting the hammer too hard. But it's like, well, I didn't get it until the 100th viewing that it's supposed to be a clear not only does is Frank like attracted to this woman, but he sees these two people as like the still loving parents and like the family that got broken up that he doesn't have anymore. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that's that's his that's the character's 
like emotional crux. That's mm-hmm. what he, that's like where his, you know, kind of chink in the armor is, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so yes. it's like, how are you, how are you going to show that? You know, I think it's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, completely. That's another thing too, that Spielberg like admitted that he totally embellished, which was in real life after Frank ran away from home, he never saw his father ever again. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And whether that was his choice or his father's choice, I don't know. But um, what an amazing and necessary change, because you're so right. That is mm-hmm. the entire movie is him wanting to be his dad, wanting his parents to be together, wanting yeah. to impress his dad. He keeps bringing his dad back into his life and he tries to give him a Cadillac. And yeah, it's it it's so heartbreaking every time he like meets his dad like two or three times throughout the course of the movie after he's run away and each time he like doesn't get the response that he wants Mm -hmm. from his dad of like either being super impressed with him or it hurts so bad when he says to his dad like take that Cadillac I bought you and and go swing around and pick up mom and take her out oh my god it's it it, those scenes really are heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. the last time that he meets with his dad which he's think the last time before his dad passes away in in Mm -hmm. the movie is so sad too where he's like you're gonna i'm getting married now like come on i got you first class ticket or and then he tells him about how his his mother is remarried and has a different house and Mm mm-hmm is that the one that ends with him going like, where are you going tonight? Going yeah. to Hawaii? Going to Tahiti? Somewhere exotic? Yeah. Yeah. And Christopher Walken's so good. This is like another thing that I was thinking about when when you had the questions of like, what's your favorite performance in the film? I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks are great, but Christopher Walken's so good. And I feel like yeah. when I was younger i kind of thought he was just like funny and goofy and he like is he's got that Mm -hmm. flair about him but he's so good and i know i've you know mentioned it to you a million times but like he's so good in the movie the dead zone and i feel like since i watched that movie i'm like oh he's really a great actor though like maybe i didn't Mm -hmm. see it before but like like he's got such a like panache like you know and yeah. like it's it's and it's like who could say like, even in that scene where he's talking about how the fbi came to visit him and he's like you got the big guys boom pow or like whatever he says something like along those lines i'm like who would say that and like make it feel like believable believable and like something about it is like funny but sad at the same time i i yeah. don't know you know i just yeah. i love christopher walken me too and i think um not only is this podcast about you know, movies we watched and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I've talked a lot with people about people within our like five year age range of what it was like to come of age in the early 2000s. And we're, we're all kind of like millennial Gen Z cusp Mm -hmm. people. But I feel like for people our age, once we knew who Christopher Walken was, you're totally right. He was the silly guy because he'd already been established as I need more cowbell. (laughs) <laughs> that was like a huge thing for him in the in the mid 2000s and so yeah. like my reference points for him were the cowbell guy and the dad from hairspray and he's also funny and goofy in hairspray yep yeah and not until you're older are you like oh shit he had an entire career before mm-hmm. being the silly guy who talks funny like he's in fucking deer hunter yes oh my gosh and him <laughs> in the deer hunter i rewatched that like 
Well, I watched, I rewatched it in chunks because my family was watching it. And I was like, I don't know if I have the emotional capacity at the time (laughs) to watch this whole movie sitting down. But there was a couple scenes and I, yeah, was was like, oh my gosh, Christopher Walken. For for those, for those of you listening who may not have had the pleasure to meet Jacqueline Janowski or meet the Janowski clan, um, their movie (laughs) tastes are very interesting. And the things that Jacqueline was allowed to see at certain ages is also pretty interesting. So, um, I mean, sophomore year, you... Did you say Deer Hunter was a comfort movie of yours? Or at least that scene, that like funeral scene, you were like, this scene makes me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) I find this scene comforting. It was, okay, well, it was the scene um, where they sing, can't take my eyes off of you. Uh Um, At the bar, like after a funeral? Well, no, that is... After it's before they go like deer hunting for the last time, and then, mm. um, like shortly after the wedding, at least I want to say that's what it is. And then I've, seen, I've only seen it once, so and then they either way, it's before they go to war. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's like right before they go to war, actually, because they're all like goofing around and kind of drunk and singing, Can't Take My Eyes Off You, and then. And then one of the friends starts playing a very somber piano piece and they all like get quiet and listen. And then it cuts to them in Vietnam. It's mm-hmm. really a, a sad movie. Um, it's <laughs> and while I was rewatching it, I was like, damn, Jacqueline. <laughs> How did you not know you were depressed when you... <laughs> When you always would be like, have you seen the deer hunter? <laughs> like, jeez. And not only that, but it's also like three hours long nearly. Mm-hmm. If just like really like, I mean, and it's an amazing movie. It's it's like pretty powerful, but it's it's sad, man. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. so sad. And mm-hmm. so, um, but yes, uh, that I did talk about that scene in. For those of you, a little backstory who are listening, we had to do a thing in college called our, well, it was like our golden box, but in an acting class of like inspirational stuff that we would send send out to the class over email. And mine was that scene from that movie. Um, and then I think I talked about, <laughs> can't take my eyes off of you because we, my family sang that at my grandma's funeral when i was like five so Mm. i think that there was all around um kind of a sad memory to share (laughs) (laughs) vietnam and funerals yeah (laughs) so i would love to know on that kind of note because your family has such a specific taste and your your family is a very cinematic family like your your parents both did a great job and I mean your your brother's a huge film guy too your your parents did a great job of exposing you to stuff and when you came to college already you were like had such an interesting (laughs) film taste and you knew so many films that I'd never even heard of and so I'm I'm curious to know what other not only your other tv movies like Catch Me If You Can but ones that are like your entire family sits down and watches together do you have a couple other ones that you can think of yes um well, one of the first ones that comes to mind right away is is Overboard, <laughs> ah, ah, 
which is so funny. And I, if I remember correctly, I think you said to me that freshman year when we met, we were like talking about movies and that I said I watched that movie and you were like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> it was such a weird fucking pull. And I, again, a movie that I was not familiar with. I just knew it was like an 80s movie and really with, kind of a weird yeah fucking movie too. such a like i'm like funny. this this girl's fucking cool this is her pick <laughs> the plot of that movie is has not aged well like i will i will say that but it's a it's one of those that yeah definitely like my family's seen like a million times um mm-hmm. what else let's see i mean Scarface. <laughs> We've seen it done at times. Maybe not so much my mom on that one because, mm-hmm. like, she's like, ah, jeez, like this movie's ridiculous. Like, but I feel like I have watched that a handful of times with like my dad and my brother also um, being on TV a lot of the times. Literally, the previous episode, your love for Scarface was brought up in our, in my really? conversation with Alex Friedman. Yes. So. <laughs> If it was full circle, I was hoping you would bring up Scarface. Oh, boy. What did he say? (laughs) I don't remember how Scarface specifically came up. But once it was brought up, I said, you know, that was like Jacqueline's favorite movie when she was like 11. And he was like, yeah, that's on brand. (laughs) Yeah, I do really remember one time. Um, again, with my cousins, but they we were together up, I think we were like staying in Green Bay at the time mm-hmm. for a Packer game. And we were uh, at the hotel pool and I have like such a distinct memory of my cousin <laughs> talking about stuff with me. And she was like, so Jacqueline, you must really love High School Musical. And, I, and to be clear, I did. I loved High School Musical. But um, I also liked Scarface. So my response back was, yeah, it's good. I like Scarface better, though. (laughs) 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 And and she was like, Auntie Kelly. (laughs) Jacqueline just said she watches Scarface. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that was like. That was one that I definitely watched. I mean, I there was a plethora. Let's see. What other? Just random. I mean, of course, like The Godfather. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we used to, my family used to watch like Across the Universe all the time together too, just yeah. because we loved Beatles movies. Uh, or Beatles movies. Beatles music. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like, whoa, a big deal when that, that movie came out. Um, uh Another movie that my family used to watch all the time that I feel like maybe I haven't talked to you about was this movie called Detroit Rock City. And (laughs) (laughs) it's just about this group of kids who try to go see a Kiss concert. And it's like really, it's kind of stupid, but it's really funny at the same time. Um, Like a young Natasha Lyonne. Yeah, this looks so funny and cute. And it's just one of those goofy, it's just like a goofy movie, kind of mm-hmm. like ridiculous. Um, but I watched that a lot. I watched the movie um, Rat Race a lot. Um, <laughs> speaking of John Lovett's uh, A League of Their Own, I watched all the time. Ooh, yeah. mm-hmm. Of course, It's a Wonderful Life. That's my favorite, but only on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um 
You know, several. I remember the Titans. I watched all the time, too. That was like my number one with Joey. Like when we would travel somewhere, that was like the number one movie we would watch in the car. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you guys watch that in school? We probably did, but I had seen it beforehand. And that's like, that's such a good movie. That's like a, it's a sports movie, but it's not really, I mean, it is. Yeah. But like, it's just like a bunch of random stuff. There's something about Mary. <laughs> when I was a little older. Your whole family would watch that together? Well, me and Joey, I guess, would watch that one more so. But we've definitely mm-hmm. watched that together as a family. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like, just... Just goofy stuff. Just a just a real yeah. eclectic mix. <laughs> yeah, that is a very. It's funny because it's like the more popular, well known ones that you pick or that your family likes are like very dark, you know. Um, yeah, Godfather and things like that. And then the comedies are all kind of not that Rat Race was not like a big movie, but it's also not like Blazing Saddles or whatever. It's not like a straightforward A list comedy yeah so it's funny that like the comedies you guys picked were definitely like b-tier kind of interesting picks although i will say blazing saddles is one oh and young frankenstein we have watched several <laughs> times as a family together that is one that we quote all the time those are it's a classic those are two, but probably yeah, blazing saddles is, is is great too but i think of like mel brooks movies young frankenstein my family has watched on several occasions together yeah so so good that just reminds me of gene wilder which reminds me of to to bring it up to current movie news today was the day that the wonka trailer dropped (laughs) starring (laughs) timothy chalamet did you watch the whole trailer you know i did (laughs) (laughs) and as i said when i sent it to you i I'm not sure how to feel about it. I know it's a kid's movie, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's, I think overall, you know, I have mixed feelings yes. on um, Chalamet, but um, overall, I think it's like symptomatic of something that a lot of people have been talking about now that we're in this post self-aware everything has to be meta Mm. type thing when we do any kind of comedy and it's like so deep in all of the marvel stuff and the deadpool of it all and everything and at the end of the trailer when they have (sighs) hugh grant as an oompa loompa that's where i lost it timothy chalamet as willy wonka is like what is this blah 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 and then hugh grant is like well, once I've started the song, I have to do the whole song. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a winky joke about, like, he's not even really in character as an Oompa Loompa. Oh, he's, he's, like, like he... poking fun. It's like it's like a post-ironic, isn't the whole concept of Oompa Loompa so ridiculous? And I'm like, why does everything have to be shaded in, like, three versions of, of shitty, like, meta comedy now? Yeah. It looked, that part I was like, what? And I also was just like, Hugh Grant is who you got playing the Oompa yeah. I don't know. Like, I like Hugh Grant, but that was just such an odd pick for me. I guess Hugh's got bills to pay. I don't know what's up because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's making some career choices that he's making. Loved him in Paddington, too. He was amazing in Paddington, oh, too. Oh, perhaps because but... it's the creator of Paddington, and I saw, I saw a couple <gasps> of Paddington oh, it is? people. Yes. Which oh, people no. love Paddington. So maybe that is a good thing. 
for the movie you know maybe it'll be better yeah. than it's just like kind of a obviously obviously it's a family style like kids movie i kind of mm-hmm. just didn't know how to feel when the trailer dropped because also like i feel like our generation had two really good versions of that movie already yeah. and i mean i mean obviously the original is mm-hmm. the better mm-hmm. but you know gene but Wilder. the tim burton one is like it's totally good too. acceptable and, and added yeah. some new some new flavor that the original didn't have the Tim Burton one's fun. I saw that in theaters when I was young. Like, that one's good, too. And Johnny Depp does a nice job of being, you know, of playing that character. Like, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? You know what it is at its core? What? I feel like the reason that this movie isn't going to work is that the whole appeal of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is that he is so mysterious. Willy Wonka yeah. is so mysterious and like ethereal mm-hmm. and like otherworldly. And even though in the Tim Burton one, we get that cool, very crazy. funny and cool backstory of him being forbidden from eating candy. Like mm-hmm. that's great. He's still this weird, mysterious guy. Like I, we get snippets of him discovering Oompa Loompas or something, but it's like, it's just enough that we still want more. And so yeah. to make a prequel where he's just like a regular guy and he's like, what are Oompa Loompas? That's strange. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be strange. You're supposed to be weird. I don't want to know more about you because you're supposed to be this kind of shrouded and mystery guy. Yeah, exactly. And I like the backstory for the Oompa Loompas and the Tim Burton one. I thought it was yeah. clever. How they're yeah. like... He journeys and he finds them. Yeah, like, it's kind of cool. I, I, yeah, I, you're totally right. And I think that there's sort of this element of, well, he's a dreamer and probably kind of quirky. And I'm sure Timothy Chalamet is going to do a fine job. It's a very different role for him. Mm-hmm. But like, in those other two movies, you're like, he's like, kind of crazy. Like, he's yeah. mysterious and like, he might unhinged. be like friendly, but yeah, he's unhinged and like, pretty cuckoo like Mm -hmm. he's a little cuckoo bananas and so like (laughs) in this one it's kind of like i don't really want to see him be normal you know like obviously he's gonna get there but like i don't want to see it i i i I don't know it's just a it's a i'm sure people will see it and will enjoy it but it's not it doesn't look like my cup of tea this is also a, a pet peeve of mine which is movies that are musicals that try to hide the fact that they're musicals. Because I remember specifically when the movie Tangled Mm -hmm. was being advertised, like nobody knew it was a musical until it came out and people saw it. Same thing with La La Land. A lot of people felt that way. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we trying, why are you trying to trick people into seeing this movie? Like that actually might be a draw for some people if they knew it was a musical. It it feels like a a total cop out when they're like, no, it's just a fun adventure film. I'm like, no, this is going to have original music in it. And from you hiding it, I'm guessing it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You're like not proud of it. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like another little bit of a pet peeve and drawback for me on that too is just the whole like the origin story movies. It's a bit overdone for me. And I'm not saying that like, all origin stories movies are bad like there's some great ones but i just feel like in the last like three to four years there's been a lot of them made and um and i'm just kind of like and they're all you know like kind of and it makes sense but they're all like kind of family 
classic like story characters like you know Cruella and yep there's been like multiple for Peter Pan and yep. Maleficent and yeah and now this and I'm just like okay like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I completely feel that back to catch me if you can (laughs) (laughs) we we touched briefly on like favorite parts favorite performances so your favorite performance in this movie would you say is christopher walken i think so and Mm -hmm. you know but i do have to say like both leonardo dicaprio and tom hanks do such a good job and i think that you're rooting for both of them. And that's what's kind of like fun about the movie. Like, obviously, you don't want him to get caught, but mm-hmm. you do really feel kind of bad for Hanratty because of his life circumstances and like how hard he's pursuing him. And I don't know. So it, it's they're both likable in different ways. So you feel like when he does get caught, finally, there's kind of this, well, you knew what had to happen. And yeah, they do some really good framing to with kind of doing like a nice guys finish last thing at least in the middle of the movie where frank is having a high old time illegally and stealing all this money and the scene where he meets jennifer garner and is making an offer and spending the night with her it's intercut with tom hanks at the laundromat alone and all of his clothes get dyed pink accidentally Mm -hmm. and it's like this guy is doing the right thing and he's like the law-abiding citizen and his life sucks yes yeah that is that's so true and it's funny because in another movie with leonardo DiCaprio in wolf of wall street they kind of do the same thing at the end but i like how they handle it a lot better in this movie and i also just like this movie much more than wolf of wall street <laughs> <laughs> i i have yet to see wolf of wall street but i i have a feeling i'll have your same exact opinion it's just it's film. a little it's a little too much for me but you well know. and now we're i will be watching it in a post jonah hill world have you seen all this celebrity gossip about jonah is it hill? about is it about kanye or no I... well oh. a little bit but not really but um jonah hill's ex-girlfriend basically released a bunch of texts between them where he was being like very manipulative and using therapy speak to like be at least an emotionally abusive boyfriend like saying that she couldn't post pictures of herself in a swimsuit on her instagram and she's a professional Hmm. surfer (laughs) what yeah so it's it's kind of started this whole conversation about you know, what's acceptable for partners to ask their partner to do or whatever. And hmm. it's pretty clear that he is a very insecure, or at least at that time, was a very insecure guy who was putting some really unfair stuff on his partner that was yeah. just gross and, and yeah. made her feel like shit. So, yeah, it's a it's, bummer that I think he was kind of golden boy good. for a long time. And now we're, we're yeah. seeing maybe he is at his core just another shitty dude <laughs> yeah that is sad because i i did like him in certain yeah. things I people change say. though i mean you know he didn't do anything illegal so yeah even though i'm like oh this makes me feel gross about you i'm also like well i hope you actually figure your shit out and learn how to be like a good person yeah <laughs> yeah he just needs a little time because mm-hmm. he's like funny and yeah i think he yeah just needs to get back on back back to himself i guess Mm -hmm. it's like i feel like he seemed very like nice when he started out in the scene like super bad and like he was in this movie with 
John C. Riley that I haven't seen in like a long time, but I remember thinking it was hilarious. Marissa Tomei is in it too. It's called Cyrus. And he plays Marissa Tomei's son and John mm-hmm. C. Riley is dating Marissa Tomei and he's just like kind of crazy. That was good. I don't like he's very talented. He's in this movie with Joaquin Phoenix where he's really good. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I, I mean, and you know, he's a talented actor. Yeah. Sounds like he's I gonna figure some stuff out. I think it's also like it's it all makes sense to me, which is he I don't know that I would call him a child actor, but he rose to prominence when he was very young with yeah. both super bad and even before that, he was in like forty year old virgin. Like he might have been sixteen oh, yeah, in definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah, so and so in there, yeah. not only is he a child star, but he was kind of a child star that got dumped on a lot for the way he looked, like, all the time. Yeah, And so definitely. I'm sure the trauma of that and the insecurities of being, like, a bigger guy and then losing weight and being, you know, the dorky one or, like, the, the, the big guy in the comedy or whatever, like, I... I'm not surprised he didn't come out from that unscathed and that that's affected the way he's treated women like a fucking horse. <laughs> like yeah. that would inform your entire life. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. We're still still rooting for him. He just needs to <laughs> get it together get, a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, we want you to get better, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of you, bud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have a performance in this movie that you were like, eh, about, or like, this doesn't fit, or like, anybody that you thought was miscast? I I just, like, don't, I think it's really just because I don't care for her character. I don't love the mom in the movie, but I think that she does a good job for, like, what mm-hmm. it is. I don't think you're supposed to like her, because I, yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Like, she just really kind of just She's kind of cold. Me. She is. She is. And she's just like, eh. I don't know. I, I feel the same way that I'm like, if I had to pick somebody, maybe it would be the mom. And then I do think about it and I'm like, well, that was like maybe the whole point, which is that she cheats on Christopher Walken with the president of that like Elks Club or Rotary Club or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she clearly is just like kind of following the money. Like that's mm-hmm. her vibe, um, which is not cool. And she doesn't seem that invested in finding Frank or making sure that he's okay in any way, you know? Like, I think, I'm sure they reported him missing, but she's not like, where's my son? I gotta find him. Like, she kind of just, like, starts a new life, doesn't care. I mean, no kidding. And that's, like, kind of one thing that when I watched this movie and rewatching it, I was like, dang, like, didn't his parents try to, like, run after him? Like, you know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. guess he, like, he just ran away. But I Mm -hmm. feel like... Yeah, the dad is much more, like, you know, excited to see him and glad that he's doing well. And then the mom, like, the first time that we see her again is when the cops come to her house and she's like, well, well, is he all right? And, like, you're like, (laughs) like you care. (laughs) And she's like, bitch. I'm I'm sure I can take care of it. How much does he owe? And then they're like, 1.2 million. write that check out yeah (laughs) she's like oh never mind yeah (laughs) i mean and you can just see even like shades of it in the in the beginning when they're like leaving their house and yes that would be devastating but and she's like 
like sobbing and it's like I don't know I don't know she's I guess she just it was it was a different time for women a different time mm-hmm. for you know but and she she came from war torn France she's yeah. she's a she's a war bride too like that's you know right it's, it's all so real and it's it's also sad because it's like I understand where she's coming from like she's a a foreigner with like no capital you know but at the same time it's like she's so cold and detached that Mm -hmm. when oh the scene where he catches her cheating on his dad Mm. and she like gives him a bunch of money to like go buy something for himself oh oh that seems so uncomfortable and she's like let me get a sandwich yeah like it just is like and i i just like and i hate the scene too where they get divorced and she's like she's like write my name down frankie or whatever like that's the french accent you'll hear all week (laughs) but like (laughs) i liked it but thank you but I mean, and that scene is supposed to be like that, but I just like feel so terrible for him. It's just like eerie. And then the guy's like, come out in this room. It's just like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The the emotional parents breaking up and now watching this post Fablemans too. any any Spielberg watching it after seeing Fablemans is watching it through a new lens. Have you seen Fablemans yet? <gasps> no, I haven't. And Ooh. I need to. You, but you I know should. that they, I know that the parents don't have a great relationship. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting seeing, of, of course, he, he latched onto that plot point as the emotional core of the movie because he too came from a kind of broken home. So yeah, mm-hmm. Ooh, so good. And then if you had to pick a, a favorite part of this movie, it's hard. I mean, I think I've got two and probably, mm-hmm. probably of the order of them, I would say like number two would be him in his apartment when Hanratty is like FBI and then Leonardo DiCaprio pretends to be an FBI agent yeah he's like can I see some credentials you can never be (laughs) too safe these days so like asks Mm -hmm. him to see his badge it's just so good and he fools him into thinking he's an FBI agent and then he's like see I've got him right down there and it's the the blind man who lives in the apartment <laughs> complex. Yes. He takes his typewriter stuff with him. I mean, that's such such a good scene. But hands down. It's perfectly down. tense, too, because. Yes. Because Carl asks for his identification and he, like, hands him his wallet. And it's like, ooh, is Car- if Carl opens it, he'll see that it's all these fucking labels that are just filling, you know, the wallet. There's actually nothing in there. There's no ID in there. And, of course, he doesn't open it or he opens it at once Leo has left and like made a clean escape. It's so perfectly tense. So good. It's so good. And it kind of brings you to, I feel like it's the first point in the movie where, and I hadn't had this thought before, but this time watching it, I was like, is there a part of him that truly like wants to get caught? I mean, there's, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. like element of no one's chasing you. And that's even what he says at the end. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's character is working for the government. So he's released from prison. And then Tom Hanks sees him at the airport trying to leave again as a Pan Am pilot. And he's like, I know you'll come back on Monday because no one's chasing you. And so and there's kind of this element of like he gives he's because because then Tom Hanks in that scene where he's pretending to be the FBI agent and that's their first interaction with each other is like, do you want your wallet back? And he goes, oh, no, you hang on to it. Like, so, yeah. you know, I'll come back. And it's like, you could have just taken it back. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? 
And I like, never noticed that. Yeah, not that's really so thought. true. And so it's it's just an interesting like. I don't think he really wanted to get caught, but I do think that he kind of that he liked the chase of it. Yeah, yeah, so, completely. But that's, so that's your yeah. second favorite part. Yes, and then my my most favorite part is it has always been when he near the beginning of the film pretends to be the French substitute teacher. <laughs> that's my favorite and part. Then, <laughs> and then the parents come into the principal's office for the chat and. The principal's like, he's been leading the class for, <laughs> I can't remember if he's a Like a month. Yeah, like several weeks for a month. And my favorite part of it is that he's, he says he had a trip planned, a field trip planned to a bread making factory <laughs> in Trenton. <laughs> That's the best. I mean, that just like, and then the difference between the mom and dad's reaction, like the mom walks Mm -hmm. out and it's like, and then Christopher Walken like looks at him and then they both just start laughing. It's like, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's it's such a good scene. It's it's such good storytelling. It, everything in here paints such a good picture. And that's my favorite part of the movie too. I absolutely adore That's my dad's favorite part of the movie too. He always it's so my dad funny. has a penchant for just like describing movie scenes to me and being like remember when this happens and then this happens <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> um there's also like i i took some notes when i did this rewatch and there's so many just like the conversation pit line there's so many people who just have one line who are not famous people at all but the way that they say their line is so drilled into my head one of them is when he's pretending to be the substitute teacher and he's like, somebody tell me where we left off in the book. Like, otherwise you're all getting getting written up or whatever. And this girl at the bottom of the screen is just kind of says chapter seven, like smugly <laughs> and like looks at the ceiling. I don't, every time it gets me, I'm like this fucking chapter seven, bitch. And then um, another one is when, before he figures out how to forge the checks, he's trying to cash checks all over town from banks that aren't his bank or whatever and there's this montage of people saying no and one of them ends with this woman very sternly and very slowly saying i'm sorry but we are not allowed to take checks from people we don't know yes (laughs) (laughs) so true i feel like i have that ingrained in my memory too yep yep Mm -hmm. and i feel like i also have the way that uh Oh, what's her name from Ellen Pompeo? Yep, how she's like when he shows her the necklace, she's like, "No, no." <laughs> I thought you were gonna say when she looks at the camera and says, "Are you my deadhead?" That too, and or, or him or him when he's like, "Milk." Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just a lot of quotable parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, a- eminently quotable film. So good. Well, we're 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 coming up on a. Uh, a good place here to end this. Do you have any, any final thoughts about this movie? Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I will say, I mean, I, cause we were saying best and or favorite parts and maybe like least favorite parts. I kind of said how I didn't like the scene where they get divorced, but mm-hmm. another scene. And I know it's like an emotionally important part of the movie, but um, where he goes back to after he's escaped off the airplane at the end and then he goes to his mom's house. Mm-hmm. It's like really sad, but every time I've watched it, I've been like, I would be scared shitless if I was that little girl seeing some <laughs> man who looked like that in in my window. And he's like, what's your name? Where's your mom? <laughs> like, like, 
I know like what the scene is. He's coming back to see his mom and he like can't believe it. And he's finally like, okay, I kind of have like nothing to keep this up for anymore. You know, like it's very, it's, it's like devastating, but the way I can't help but laugh because I'm just like, you wouldn't scream if you saw like some guy and he and it's not a good looking Leonardo DiCaprio at this moment. Like his hair is yeah. long. He looks scrappy. Like mm-hmm. he like is muddy. Like it's uh-huh. like it's not a good look. And I'm always just like, huh? Like every, yeah. every single time. So that's so real. Oh, my God. I like never thought about that because I, I do also like love that scene because also the Christmas song by Nat King Cole is playing. Yes. Um, and it's such a heartbreaking scene where he he goes to find his mom, his now only living relative, after he's gotten out of this French prison, and he finds out that she is remarried in this nice new house and has a new kid. Basically, he has been replaced. Like she doesn't give a shit about him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he like presses up against the window to this like five year old girl who is his half sister, I guess, but. Yeah, a five-year-old would fucking scream if she saw a man in the bushes who clearly looks like an escaped convict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just like so casual about it. She's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, she's like waving to him and like she's like playing with a little harmonica or something. It's so I'm like, you, how were you so, raised? Yeah, <laughs> like are you? This girl has no fear. What's wrong with you? But that and then. The other thing I was going to say was just, yeah, this movie just still really holds up. It's a good, mm. it's a great movie. I love watching it. It's just, it's entertaining. Like I said before, it's got laughs. It's got drama. Like, it's got heart. And I think it's interesting that it's loosely based on a true story. And I don't know if I told you this before, but when I was in high school, I was in a class called Crime Society and the Law mm-hmm. that I like had to take because of certain time period in my schedule and for an elective. And I thought it was going to be about like the judicial system and like different things and maybe a little bit about like famous criminals. But I was only in the class for like two and a half weeks and it was all about like serial killers and it was too scary for me. I was, I think, a sophomore in high school at the time. And my last like project I did before I dropped out of the class, it was like a big thing because I couldn't be in two study halls. So I had to get like the principal's approval to like drop out and like (laughs) talk to my guidance counselor about it. But I was like upset by the class. It was like creeping me out. I'm just a little, you know, I'm kind of, even though I told you I watched The Deer Hunter and like Scarface, I am kind of faint hearted. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, um, but the last project we had to do was like do your like do like research on a famous criminal and like everybody was like Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer, like you know because it's a Milwaukee Wisconsin. suburb, Wisconsin, <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, I'm doing mine on Frank Abagnale Jr. from Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with all of you? Like, I'm doing this, like. <laughs> Oh my god. It was that like is so cute. It was like I'm not doing anything creepy. <laughs> but yeah, I had to be removed from the class for emotional purposes. The guidance <laughs> counselor had to say. Ah. But anyway, um so that always just kind of makes me laugh when I watch this movie too, but it's 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 a goodie. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I feel like I'll never say no to seeing this movie. If someone's like, "Do you want to watch it?" or like it's yeah. on, I'll be like, "Yeah." Mhm. Mm-hmm. I could have seen it it's yesterday and I'll be movie. like, yeah, turn it on. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Agreed. Do you have a a movie that, uh, a contemporary movie that you think would be a a good TV movie for kids nowadays, if the concept of cable continued, which makes me so sad, but a type of movie post-streaming that you wish kids could discover on TV? I mean, I had a couple, and they're kind of two different films, but Mm -hmm. the first one that I thought of was Little Miss Sunshine, and I know that that's... 2006 so it's not like extremely recent but that one is just I like it for kind of the same reasons that I like this movie it's entertaining it's heartfelt like and it's a very different tone obviously than Catch Me If You Can but it's it's funny yet it's dramatic Mm -hmm. um and and like it it just it has a lot of a lot of heart and I think that it also um Along with Catch Me If You Can, it's a movie that multiple age groups could watch. Like, there's really nothing, like, too, like, risque or raunchy in that, you know? Yeah. Um, or really violent. And I think... And there's a lot of... There's so many iconic scenes throughout the movie that, mm-hmm. like, you could pick it up anywhere and still be pretty invested in what was going on. Yeah, definitely. So I think that one and then a, a little more recent one... I think like I think Knives Out would be a good one too mm. because like mystery again very different from from you know two like family type style dramas but mm-hmm. um, but it is actually still a family drama just in a different way it's like it's yeah. a mystery but I just think that that would be a good one because it's like entertaining I could see it working really well with where the commercial breaks are which is yeah maybe a weird thing to to like visualize it's but I feel like an I important see it, component yeah you know and like there's a lot of suspense there's a lot of like intrigue and again you know nothing really to like scare i think you could be 10 and watch that movie or yeah. you know maybe 12 but like but either way so yeah those were kind of two that i was just thinking about of like oh those would yeah. be good ones to see i yeah. can totally see knives out playing on like amc yes on like a saturday afternoon me too yeah. Me too. Those are awesome picks. That's great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delightful episode. Thank you for having um, me. This was yeah. fun. Yeah. You, you've already touched on, we asked some, like, you know, movies that your family watched together, but I, I would like to know what were, like, three other options for today that you were, like, waffling between. Oh, let's see. I had kind of a long list, but definitely, like, Devil Wears Prada was on there. Because mm. um, I've seen that so many times. Let's see. I think Part I should... of the aforementioned E-Movies We Love block. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see. Other movies. Here, I'll just write down. I'll just go off the, some of that I wrote down. This is more than three. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Big was on there because mm. I've seen that and that's kind of a movie that I feel like if we, when we were talking about movies that my family has sat down and watched together that's definitely one of them oh and uh-huh. and how could I forget to say Forrest Gump my my family <laughs> has watched Forrest Gump like so many times together which is kind of funny too yeah um a lot of a lot of Tom Hanks um let's see yeah I wrote down Hitch was a big one I've seen that Ooh. so many times on TV mm-hmm. um Shawshank Redemption yeah oh that is such a tv movie i've seen that a million times on tv me too and uh caddyshack was another big one for me (laughs) which is again and also one that i've seen with my family many times yeah oh that's great well 
<clears throat> maybe if, if we do another season of this show, you can come back and bring one of those on. I'd love to talk about any of those. Yahoo. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on and thank you all for listening. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, to, just to take us out with take us out with a little prayer. <clears throat> Two mice fell into a bucket of cream. <laughs> <laughs>